Welcome back to ALS Allies. In this brief episode, I want to highlight some of the research the Duke ALS Clinic has been working on. We'll talk about Dr. Bedlack's perspective on patient-centered research, as well as ALS Untangled, ALS Reversal, and even some recent avenues of collaboration. Let's get into it. First, I just wanted to ask if you could describe your process for approaching research, like how you go about testing new drugs, and uh, yeah, just that, that initial process and the steps to beginning a research project. Yeah, well, it's, it's interesting. That's another thing that's changed about me. You know, when I first started, I mean, I was trained as a basic neuroscientist. I have a PhD in neuroscience, and I thought, you know, the places where we get our ideas, they come from the lab. We get our ideas from cell models and animal models. And I mean, of course, that's still a very legitimate place to get ideas. But I learned early in my career, I, I noticed something that was surprising to me, and that was enrollment and research studies, at least in my clinic, was much lower than I expected it to be. I, I thought just about everybody in my clinic would participate in research studies. And, you know, back then, at least, it was about 10%. And I quickly learned that that enrollment was only the tip of the iceberg. There was a much bigger problem, and that was engagement, that patients didn't feel like they were part of research. They felt like they were just subjects, and they were. And so I, I kind of changed my whole approach. I mean, I try to get patients to be partners in the research now, and, and partners in terms of, um, first, many of them need some training. Just like if I wanted to rewire my house, well, I'm not just gonna go on YouTube tonight and find a five minute video that teaches me how to rewire my house. I'm gonna need some electrical training. If you wanna be a really good partner in research, you may need some, some training in clinical research. And so we started a program called the Clinical Research Learning Institute, and it's a, it's a training program. So people with ALS and their families all over the world now apply to these programs that happen several times a year, mostly in the United States, but now we've got some in Canada. We had one in Australia this year and you'll spend a weekend with us and we will teach you the nuts and bolts of ALS research so that you can be a more informed partner. And after that, we will connect you every month with people like me who are trying to do new research studies. And you'll have an opportunity to weigh in on what people are studying, how they're studying it, like the designs of the studies. If there's problems during the research, like with enrollment, you'll be able to weigh in as to how we could solve that. When we get a result, you'll be able to weigh in as to how we word the conclusion so that patients and families can understand it. You'll be able to help us present it to stakeholders like the FDA. So earlier this year, you know, we had a new ALS drug approved. It was mostly approved because patients got on the call with the FDA and explained to them how much the results meant to them. I really believe it wouldn't have been approved had it not been for our patients, patient partners. So, I mean, fundamentally, it's, it's a completely different way of thinking about research than, than I used to, patients as partners. And some of the places this led me, I mean, we have a program called ALS Untangled. It's a program that I never knew we needed until I saw how many people with ALS were self-experimenting with what I'd call alternative and off-label treatments. You know, mainly things that they found on the internet, either through Google searches or through their social networks on Facebook and Twitter and things like that. The vast majority of people around the world, this is the main way that they experiment by buying and trying products. And there was never really any sort of systematic way to guide people. And so ALS Untangled fields ideas, posts them on a virtual bulletin board, and has created a systematic way to write reviews, to do podcasts about these different ideas that come from patients. And the goal of it all really is to help people make more informed decisions about the products that they're going to self-experiment with. 
but so many things have come out of that, you know, ideas from patients that we reviewed that looked so promising that they were worthy of clinical trials that we never would have taken on. You know, we wouldn't have got to those ideas from these cell and animal models. We got to these ideas because patients thought of them. You know, another thing that came up was people who recovered from ALS. I never knew that could happen until I did an ALS Untangled review and found one. And then the more I looked, the more I started finding. And now I, I know of 58 people from all over the world who've recovered from ALS. And that's a whole other area of, of research called ALS reversals research, where we're studying these people, we're studying their genetics, their RNA, their proteins, their microbiome, their environmental exposures, their tissue, to see if anything's different about these folks, why, to help us understand why they've recovered. We're, we're taking the products that were associated with their recovery and putting them into clinical trials. And again, that's a model that no one had ever used before. So it's it's really a, a 180 that I've done as far as how I do research, but it, it all came through patient partnerships. I also asked Dr. Bedlack about how we could apply this knowledge of the specific ALS reversal patients to maybe find a cure in the future. And here's what he said. If we could figure out how these people recovered, we should quickly then be able to make it happen more often. I mean, an example of, of that approach in another field in HIV, there's long been uh, known to be a group of people who get infected with the virus but never get sick, the so-called elite controllers. And for a long time, people just kind of shrugged their shoulders and said, I, I don't know, I don't know what's going on with that group of folks. But then somebody said, well, we should study them. And when they did, they found out that they, many of them have the same genetic polymorphism. And you know, from that information, they quickly found a whole new pathway that HIV needs to make people sick. And Pfizer developed a drug to block that pathway, and it works in everyone with HIV. So I feel like that's a very promising approach that we're taking at Duke that no one else is taking. Dr. Bendlack also highlighted how he collaborates with researchers all over the world to learn more about ALS. Within the study of ALS reversals research, I'm collaborating with a group at the University of Miami and a group at St. Jude to do whole genome sequencing and compare the results to people with more typically progressive ALS, um, looking at the RNA and, and proteomics in these patients compared to controls that are you know, people with more typically progressive ALS. That's a collaboration with a group called ALS TDI out of Cambridge, Mass. Um, looking at the microbiome with the Duke Microbiome Center uh, looking at the environmental exposures with a group at the NINDS. They have the National ALS Registry. So the same questions that are being asked to everyone with ALS in that registry, we asked to the ALS reversals, and we saw some interesting differences in exposures. Working with the uh, NIH's ALS repository so that if our patients with reversals someday die, hopefully of natural causes many years from now, we can compare their autopsies to people who die from more typically progressive ALS who are already in that database. And then, you know, with the ALS reversals research, with the, with the clinical trials that we're doing, the so-called replication of ALS reversals, we're now going to be collaborating with a group in Australia who has a platform that they think they can use to stratify the molecular pathways that are killing motor neurons. So that, you know, people who enroll in that study now will be categorized in one of four different ways neuroinflammation, oxidative stress, impaired autophagy, or uh, mitochondrial dysfunction. And depending on your category, you will get a specific product that's been associated with an ALS reversal that we think impacts that pathway. So it's, it's really sort of a completely new wrinkle in what a clinical trial looks like, personalized medicine, but using products associated with ALS reversals. 
Yeah, that's a really interesting study. I definitely look forward to hearing how it progresses and all the results. That's, that's really exciting. And I think it's great that there's so much ongoing research just because it's such a tough disease. And yeah, that's, that's really cool. Well, thanks, Casey. Yeah, I mean, you know, here I am uh, in my late 50s, and this is the time in your life when you kind of look back and you say, have I been successful? And what I would say is I get up out of, out of bed every day. I'm super excited about what I'm working on, who I'm working on it with, and how I'm doing it. And I mean, to me, that's that's the ultimate measure of success. And it looks yeah. like, you know, the things that I'm building are helping people too. So, Definitely. yeah, I mean, I happier i just hope in the years that i have left i can finally find an answer to this disease i mean even if i looked back and and found a lot of little things i mean i think i would retire and be unfulfilled if i didn't find the ultimate answer a way to stop and hopefully reverse this disease it would haunt me as i retired uh, if i didn't find that so yeah well i mean at least it sounds like there's a lot of things that you've discovered now that are promising and there's a lot of different pathways to pursue the research and at the same time the platform itself is useful. So of course, to future researchers and to other people involved in the ALS community, even right now in different clinics, I'm sure that having the platform itself is a useful tool that's new in terms of research possibilities that will definitely last long-term. Absolutely. Like I said, my, my motivation for building the clinic was to give people options and give them hope. And I hear you know time and time again from our patients, from their loved ones when they pass, I have a whole folder of cards and letters that people sent and over and over again, I, I, I hear, thank you, you know, for giving us options and thank you for giving us hope and it just means the world to me. Thanks for tuning in. That's all for now. And see you next time on ALS Allies.